Big Sip. Hey, 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 we are back. Another episode of The Big Sip. This one is so special to me. This individual that I have sitting in front of me, absolutely incredible and so excited, particularly because one, just incredible human that I've been able to spend some time with, really get to know. Uh, but then two, the first official scholarship recipient of the Rooted in Napa Scholarship Fund that's coming on behalf of the Roots Fund, uh, an incredible organization that secures pathways for black indigenous latinx community members who are interested in wine and they do that by creating educational scholarships mentorships job placement opportunities this person is like all things baker will teach you how to make good gluten-free celiac friendly food hailing from the big apple that's right my friend (laughs) hailing from the big apple i've got uh, an incredible person right here darwin acosta ah yes i love that you said my last name correctly too (laughs) Now, being a little Latino, you can go ahead and pronounce it a little accurately, right? Acosta, add some of that uh, Latin flair. Latin flair, exactly, that Latin heat. That <laughs> Thank Latin you so heat. much for having me. This means so much. Oh my God, I've been waiting I'm so like stoked. all week for this. I've been waiting just from like the moment I met you. I was like, yes, that person right there mm, coming to me yes. <laughs> on the prowl. <laughs> no, thank you so much. I really appreciate this. It's really, really been a journey. Like, I was sitting and thinking about everything and what's going me here and it's such a journey I feel like every time I bring it up I always forget or bring something new to the table so I think I have to start with like originally where it all started which was in high school like Mm -hmm. or just growing up I was always around food like I originated from Queens so Queens is a very diverse it's like one of the most diverse places in the world there's over 200 languages every neighborhood you have like a different group of people and food so that really impacted how I saw the world like you know like Cuisine, all of the world culture. needs to be this way. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so I grew up in, I, my, my parents came from Dominican Republic, so I am Dominican. And then hey. I also grew up in, <laughs> like with a Mexican family, like by my side. My parents own several businesses, food truck, restaurant, a grocery store, what we call it in New York, a bodega. And they really, like they bought the bodega right before I was born. And um, they've had it my entire childhood. So I've always had this bodega with me. But food was always around. And and I was always like in the kitchen eating food. I was a chunky child. That's <laughs> what I was always say. But hey, growing, you was enjoying life. I was definitely enjoying life, yes, through my stomach. And just seeing, I was on a seafood diet. All the food I saw, I ate it. <laughs> so growing up, like I was like, I really like feel passionate about food. And then I started like learning more about baking. I saw YouTube videos and I bought like the perfect brownie pan. Like this is where it all started. And then I <laughs> the baked, easy bake oven. Yeah, like all that stuff. And I like like saw this commercial for the perfect brownie pan, bought it, and I made my brownies, and they were horrible. They were like they not were great. Horrible. And but then I was like, you know, how can I make this better? So eventually, like it was time to apply for high schools, and I know that there was a school programs that offered culinary arts for for like students mm-hmm. at a high school level. Like we're 13 years old, so there's this high school called Food and Finance High School, and oh my god, it's like the first day I opened that book with all the high schools in. Like that was the first school I saw, and I was like, I have to go here. Food and finance, like what else what else two perfect things making money and I get to eat and I get to eat exactly <laughs> so I went on an open house and I applied and it was limited screen which meant that like if you got in it was by random selection and I got in like it was the first my first
first choice. I was like super stoked. And this high school really like provided so many opportunities. Like the high school itself, now they go like they have a program called the Food Education Fund. Mm -hmm. So it puts students in these like positions where they can meet and work with amazing restaurants in New York City and you get to like do all these catering events and you get to partner with like the Food Network and meet all these Food Network chefs and like do all the fundraising and it's super it's amazing like they fundraise so much money for students to get all these scholarships yeah um and i was there when it like when when it was like the first beginning steps in the first few years of it so it was really cool to be a part of like the beginning um while i was in high school i did this program called ccap so ccap stands for career through culinary arts program it was founded by this man richard grossman amazing human being he came to new york and realized that everyone in the kitchen who worked extremely hard and was super passionate were people of color Mm -hmm. so he was like how can i provide opportunities for people in these communities of color like scholarships and money and opportunities to get into these amazing culinary schools to for the people that are passionate about food further their development further their career one thousand percent elevate yes elevate (laughs) us elevate us give us those opportunities so it was because of him and his organization and they're only located in seven cities so one of them was new york city so it's like all the high schools in new york city that offer the culinary arts programs can have students sign up for this only 50 students get in to the competition and only 25 get into the final round so only 25 students are awarded scholarships and going through that program itself is super intense they really want you to be ready for what the real world is like they want you to plan you know like plans a through like z like Mm -hmm. okay if this plan doesn't work what are you doing if that doesn't work okay well you know that school is this much money so what are your plans like how are you going to get the funds and they really put you in that position of like oh my god like i got to think like an adult at 16 years old Mm -hmm. so day in and day out my chef that trained me i love her dearly she is like my like mother's right now she her name is adrian terzoli i cannot go on on this podcast without mentioning her she trained me and several of my really close friends to be in this competition we had to make french omelets and this cucumber salad and we practiced every day we were in school from like 7 to like 9 p.m sometimes not only practicing but there were also like events that were happening with the school and they were catering so we would go to the events and make the food at school and travel all these things that you would like as a high school student like these opportunities aren't given to many high Mm -hmm. schools Mm -hmm. and it's so hands-on yeah it was super hands-on like holding a knife at like 13 and 14 like we had to sign waivers of course (laughs) but it's like you would never think that like we're learning like all these skills that not even if we continued on in the industry are great skill sets to have just you know being an an adult like just knowing how to cook and many people are always like watching videos and stuff and Mm -hmm. I feel very fortunate to like know how to like make my own meal at the end of the day some people some people don't but she really helped me and many students and like that whole school just they gave us opportunities and CCAP itself when that time came around to get our awards I was very fortunate enough um, after the competition to get a full four-year scholarship to the Culinary Institute of America that is amazing and I (laughs) I was like yes yes and I didn't know what that meant like when I got it like I I remember my name was called and I was in shock you know I hugged my chef and everything and get up there and like from that day on my life completely changed it was from that day on that like every opportunity that I got came from that moment from all the work that I put in in high school it was like honestly like every blessing I've had it's like it all started there that was all because of your hard work all because of my hard work like I think of it and I don't give myself enough credit I I never do especially at that age like like really hone in on that for a moment 13 and exactly. 17 like 
where did that drive come from? Was it like seeing your parents and how they ran all of their businesses or like, that was a big part of it. I feel like you have to have like a lot of personal drive or something that's fueling you at that young of an age to Mm -hmm. put in that much work, but now definitely, you know, reaping those benefits and seeing all of the positive that's come from that. Yeah. My parents were definitely a huge uh, impact in my life in that way. Just seeing them hustle day in and day out. Like my parents owned the grocery store. My mom was there from six. 30 in the morning every day until 3 or 4 and she would only see my dad for like 1 or 2 hours of crossover time Mm. and then my dad was there till 3 or 4am so I was always around people that were always like in that hustle mentality like Mm -hmm. and my parents always told me like growing up you are gonna have to work hard you're gonna have to work harder than many people in this world like Mm. if you wanna make it and be a legacy you have to put in the work and my parents were always about like you know provide like telling me like you like you know you have to go to school because that's the one thing that someone can take away from you and that's learning and education that's so true and that really pushed me throughout high school I never really thought about it that way until after like I was in college you know and I got those opportunities but they were a huge impact and like I grew up in a community of all like all Hispanics and Latinos and all people of color and they're always hustling like we're always working 12 14 hour days like I would go to school in the morning 7 a.m. and when I had to do those events for high school and practice for my competition I wouldn't get home till like midnight 1 Mm a.m. and then had to be at school the next day at seven something in the morning so it's like I was already preparing myself for that hustle and I Mm -hmm. I had that in me Mm -hmm. so I really give a lot of things to them for that and just the people that I was around I always say like the people that you always put yourself around like put yourself around people that you want like to attract the same energy you know what what you want to aspire in life put yourself around those people that are already doing the damn thing like you always say like (laughs) I love when you're always saying that because now I'm always saying it like do the damn thing do the damn thing and like those people will have an impact on you in many ways you won't you won't even realize mm-hmm. so i went to cia and between high school and cia i worked for starbucks and many people were like why are you working for starbucks it's like a fast food chain and honestly starbucks is what got me into the beverage world it's what showed mm. me all the behind the scenes of coffee like i grew up drinking coffee like since birth like it, like <laughs> <It's my blood. laughs> it was an iv like i had coffee every day from like since i was little so i connected in that way and seeing like you know where coffee comes from and learning and and all the things that I got to learn through Starbucks like that was really really cool it's an amazing company and they really like taught me the craft of beverage and what it is to connect with someone over something as simple as a cup of coffee Mm -hmm. and just like the hospitality that you gave to a customer and just like you can change someone's day like they can have the worst day but the minute they come into that door it's your chance to shine and Mm -hmm. to show them like you're here and we're going to take care of you and give you the best service we can it's so much more than just a cup of coffee exactly and like coffee is such a huge thing in my culture like growing up every house you went to it was always like would you like some coffee would you like some coffee cafecito con pan like you know it's like those things are what made my culture and the hospitality around my culture so I always saw people and I was like but you don't know what I'm learning here so you can go that way (laughs) (laughs) so I stayed in Starbucks all the way until right before I came to Cali it's like they really played a Uh huge role in my life and just like I enjoyed the company for the people and what they had to offer but I went 
to college, I transferred to a Starbucks, you know, up there, and that was like my part time. Like mm-hmm. I, I wanted that to be like my side thing. And I really focused a lot of my energy into my education. I did my associate's degree in baking and pastry. And while I was there, I remember the first day I got to college to, to CIA, I walked into like the rent lounge, just like the main room in like the Hudson building, like the dry dorm. Mm-hmm. And they were doing like an interest RA meeting. And my my mindset when I got to CIA was how can I get involved in this community as soon as possible? Like, I was like, I have to. Like, I'm very much like, I want to be involved. I don't just want to be that student. Like, there's nothing wrong with people that just go to college and just don't do anything outside of classes. But I wanted to be involved as much as I could. Like, that where, connectivity. Yeah, like that connectivity to my community, to mm-hmm. my people, and just get recognized. Like, mm-hmm. start creating a name for myself. So I went and showed up, and there was an interest meeting. It was the last interest meeting for this RA position. Serendipitous. And I walked in there, and I was like, what is even an RA I had no idea (laughs) so they you know they they had like a meeting and then we met other RAs and the benefits were like you get a free room like you don't have to pay for a room and my scholarship only covered tuition so I I still had to make my way for you know uh, my room and my board which was like the room and the meal plan Mm -hmm. so I became an RA and I applied and then six weeks later I got a yes and I became an RA in another dorm and I moved and I was like super stoked I was like yes finally problem solution yes I will (laughs) be a part of the community and they'll pay my room boom like let's go and from that moment on like I really got like it was like like a family like I got introduced to like all these people and you really start doing a lot of work for the school but you can cater it any way you want Mm -hmm. like I had to do one program a month I had to connect with my residents day in and day out and once you're an RA people know you're an RA like I would go back (laughs) to New York City and try to go out to like bars and stuff and they were like aren't you an RA and it's like that title never leaves you it's so funny (laughs) be careful what you're doing yeah so (laughs) you're like and and people look at it in college as like oh you're the police and it's like no like you know some of us are really doing it to connect with our community and because we also need some assistance with the with our tuition like Mm -hmm. my parents could not afford CI if I wouldn't have that scholarship or if I would have became an RA Mm -hmm. so it's like trying to make my uh, pave my way and just get myself through college um and not only that but I was involved in student government and I then started creating my own clubs I created like the photography club and my friends were in clubs as well and I was even the president of the honor society ending like my career at the CIA so I really like dived in and I everyone around school knew me like that's Darwin he's like doing x y and z and like I wanted to show people that wherever you go you can definitely be a part of a community no matter which way you put it and I love to help people no matter which way it was like even in high school I was helping people like fill out their FAFSA applications like I was trying to you know be like that person like that service yeah service and just like motivate others and show people that there are ways around things like you can always make things work Mm -hmm. for yourself like don't always because one thing bad happens like oh my god like I can't continue this anymore like think of the positives and just think of always put into perspective what you can be grateful for every day when you wake Mm -hmm. up because there are people in much more worse positions and situations than you are yeah that is something that my mama definitely always told me growing up my parents too maybe it's a Latino thing I don't yeah, know like but, then, but it's like, for real you 
know, yeah. you, you see it growing up in different families. Mm-hmm. You know, you see it, it within your own immediate family in your outer circles. Certainly, you know, when I've had the chances to go back to to my parents' countries, and so yeah, you gotta have that gratitude. You know, um, my my choir teacher when I was younger used to be like, "Gratitude is attitude." Yeah. And so and, <laughs> and it's funny, you know, I'm like almost 28, and that still sticks with me. Oh and my it's god! The, the yeah. little things it's the that little stick things. with you mm-hmm. that you end up leading your life that way but yeah. it, it's so enriching i don't know about you but i just I, it enriches my soul it no empowers matter, however, you everything you do in the day in and day out 100%. Like, i think of like every small decision i think of my parents in the back of my head like kind of nagging but like it's those little <laughs> things that make a difference in your life and you know it gives you that impact onto others and other people will, will always see that yeah and when you place yourself in a position to bring forth some of that positivity and good like you're doing that work you're manifesting it for yourself Mm -hmm. you know if you take advantage of those opportunities or if you go seeking for those opportunities you've now placed yourself in a position to receive those what you want to call them blessings you want to call them uh, you know i call them magical moments (laughs) hey we're dubbing that magical moments i love it oh my god (laughs) and your life has been filled with so many of those magical moments especially recently and just even being here okay so walk me through that how did we go from all of those incredible things to you now as of monday Flying yeah. into Napa and officially deciding to move here, solidifying your roots, and now about to start your official career tomorrow. Oh my God! <laughs> like, so like right after I finished my first degree at TA, I went and I, I did an internship at the Four Seasons, and then I went to being a manager in training. Um, I did the manager in training program at TA for the cafe. This is like a managerial role where like you not only educated the students that were going through the classes because they went through the cafe, but you also ran an operation. And I was also very invested in like beverage. And I was mm-hmm. also teaching these students like with with my Starbucks knowledge and my beverage knowledge, I've attained like how to steam milk and how to like pour, like pour your own espresso shots and make your own lattes. And for me, beverage has always played a huge part in my life. So it was like from that, then I went to my bachelor's degree and then I double majored in culinary science and applied food studies. Badass. They said, you can't double major. Many students did it. And I was like, (laughs) why can't I? Like, I did as much as I could to try to do two degrees and get my scholarship to cover it. They were like, no, you have to do one at a time. But while I was in MIT for a year, I also went to community college. And then I also worked for Blue Hill at Stone Barns on weekends. Like, Mm. I was busting my butts. Yes, clearly. That entire year, trying to make stuff work for me and make ends meet. And then when I got back to, you know, trying to figure out what I was doing for bachelor's degree they were like oh you can do it i was like i always make things work for Mm. my favor like there's always a way i do not take no as an answer i'm just like what can i do yeah someone says no you're like thinking cap coming on mm -hmm. i'm like (laughs) okay so how can i get around that what loopholes are there like you know what are you not telling me find the yes yeah find the yes oh my god i love that you said that i've never heard the yes yes. needle in a haystack but it's still there it's there just you gotta find it and put in the work but yes, that's exactly what's going to get you there. Putting in that work. Yeah. Doing and the damn thing. Doing the damn <laughs> oh, I love that saying. So no, like right after my bachelor's, well, it was my last semester of my bachelor's degree. And I had an opportunity to work for Pepsi. And they were 
really trying to help me to get into like the R&D world of Starbucks. Like, you know, I, I was already working for them part time and the chef um, that I was working for, he was really trying to get me in one of those positions. But things just kept coming up that were just like, no, like this is not your path. At first, there was a snowstorm and there wasn't even a snowstorm, but they canceled everything. I was supposed mm. to fly to Seattle and do all these things. And with like the corporate side of Starbucks and try to get I a job out chills. there. Right. And then the second time, it was the ground patient, like the ground zero patient for COVID landed in Washington. So we couldn't even fly the second time after it was already rescheduled. And after that, that's when COVID hit and everybody at CA was like put on pause for three weeks. Everybody was sent home. We had to finish our degrees at home. I had four weeks until graduation. Mm. I was devastated. Right, right before graduating in February of last year, I went to a CCAP event and every year CCAP, which I mentioned earlier from high school, mm-hmm. they put on a fundraising event and every year there's a guest speaker and I had just spoken to Richard Gossman, the founder, and I was like, I really want to get into wine because I really want to get back into beverage. And since Pepsi was still there, I wanted to open my options. Like I, I just wanted options. So when it came time for graduation, I was able to choose, you know, where I really Your wanted path. to go. My yeah. path. Hey, I'm a fan of options. Yes. I was very fortunate in my life to always have certain options. So he was like, Carlton McCoy is the guest speaker for this event. I really uh-huh. think that you need to meet him. And this is where things begin connecting and leading me to where I am today. I love this. So, connecting the dots. Yeah. I went up to him. I introduced myself. I said, look, I completed my level one for my CMS, which I thought was a big deal at that time. You just, you just went up to him? Yeah. Like I went, after the, the whole thing was over? After he spoke, like on stage, I, he was just like talking to students in the crowd. And he uh, and then I went up to him. And I was like, hey, like, my name is Darwin Acosta. Like, I'm like, uh, like I, I was trying to not geek out because I was a huge fan. I was like reading about him all over the internet. I was going to say, were you like nervous at yeah, all? Were you like, I am I so really nervous. about to do this? Like, did you have to like coach yourself or like oh hype God. yourself up? Like, to yes, it was a giant haul. I pretty much read like pants around the entire hall like six times <laughs> before actually going up to him. He doesn't know this. I hope he, I hope he <laughs> listens to this podcast. Yeah, I was really nervous because I was like, this conversation can like change my life. So I always go into things just thinking that way like this can change my life mm-hmm. so I went up to him introduced myself gave him my business card which says culinary scientist I don't know who I was at the time <laughs> but I was really trying to pay my way after graduation um, and I was trying to get into wine and he was like hit me up when you're out in Cali and before COVID hit I had a plan to get to Cali like I had a thorough plan CI offers these concentrations where you can experience another like you know you can experience what you want to focus on in the different campuses so in california they have another campus here at campus at graystone in st helena yes we do I was like, mm, the more you know. <laughs> and that, when you're in the bachelor's program, which the main campus for the bachelor's program is in Hyde Park, you can do advanced baking and pastry, wine studies, and food studies here. Farm to table studies is what they call it. And I was signed up for farm to tables from May to August, to, and then for wine studies September to December before COVID hit. I was ready. And these were semesters that I chose to do extra. Like these were things where I was like, I'm going to pay for it out of pocket because I want the experience and I want to get to California. Mm-hmm. Like I've always wanted to leave New York City because I've always told myself I don't want to stay in New York and be that person that stayed where they grew up in that five mile radius and never saw the rest of the world. Ouch. So, I'm just so, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I'm, just, I'm, been, I'm, been out, I'm been out and I came back. Kind of hard no, to, no, to no, leave no, this place. No, yeah, I mean, I've been here and it was like the land of milk and honey. It's like, uh, you moved here now. <laughs> yeah, I moved here. So it's like, you know, just... But I get you. 
a lot of other factors that go into that. But yeah, so I had a whole plan and it was completely canceled when COVID hit. I was like, what am I going to do now? Like, see, I was like, all travel and concentrations are all canceled. So I was like, great. I was still scheduled to graduate in April and walk, but that was also postponed because of COVID. So I finished all my classes. I had to go home, unfortunately, leave all my stuff in the CIA because they really did not know how the like the whole pandemic was was going to play out. Eventually, we were able to go back to CIA and get the rest of our belongings. And, you know, we had like a virtual graduation. As far as many people like thought that this virtual graduation wasn't going to be as meaningful, I was the class speaker for the class, and I really made an emphasis on like everyone in my um, class, like you know, that walk across the stage is not going to like put an official stamp on like all the hard work you've done. Everyone knows all the hard work they've put into this degree. We've all made risks to come to CIA to put in all this money for an education that's going to give us better opportunities. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day that walk across the stage is not needed. No matter how much you think you need it, it's not. Like, we've done so much work, and I think everyone needs to know that. Like, everyone needs to also, like, validate that. Validate yourself. Yeah, validate validate yourself and your hard work. And, you know, I'm one person, like, I sometimes don't do it, but I'm starting to learn and learn more that, you know, my hard work has gotten me where I am today. Mm -hmm. 100%. You take advantage of those opportunities. You figure out how to get the, get Mm -hmm. the damn thing done. You walk up to people, no matter how nervous you might be, with a mindset that's like, this, this could, could change ch- my life. Period. Like, period. period. Like, that's like, it. <laughs> and if everybody... I'm so just like in awe sitting here talking to you about this because if everybody literally just had that mindset... Imagine how many things we could all open up for one another, for ourselves. I'm a big believer that when all these positive things happen, like that effect trickles down in other areas, whether it's because, you know, Mm -hmm. your energy that you brought forth in a meeting or when you interacted with somebody now affected them in some kind of way that maybe inspired them. Like someone is always looking at you, watching, someone's Mm -hmm. always watching. And if you think about that. And if you think about, you know, in a fishbowl. Yeah. And if you think about like the responsibility that you can have, knowing that someone's always watching, knowing that you might be inspiring the next person to then go chase oh, their dreams. I love like, that you're bringing this up. oh my gosh. Yes. We <laughs> yes. can all just then reap all the goodness that we want to create for ourselves. Yes. The, the magic moments. That uh, you the said. magical moments. <laughs> like, honestly, I tell people all the time, like, you might not like what, you, like, okay, you might be upset at what you're doing in your job or, you know, X, Y, and Z or what's going on. But you need to realize that what you do has a more positive impact on people than you realize. Mm. Like, it's the little things that count. Like, even if you pay for someone's toll behind you or you buy someone their coffee, like, these little things will make their day a little bit better. And they could be going through hell that day. Like, people don't realize that. And I am always preaching this, like, to a lot of people that I meet. I'm like, you need to think about the impact you have on other people. If it's good or bad, you just need to recognize that. Yeah. So there's a couple of people who've had a special impact on you getting here, Oh, my God. So many. So I reached out to Carlton uh, right after the pandemic hit. I was living with my parents. I was like, I need to go. (laughs) I was like, so I I moved to my own apartment. I moved in with one of my really close friends from my childhood. um, And... 
I was like, you know, even if I'm moving one state over to New Jersey from New York, this still feels like I'm ma- paving my path. <laughs> because I was like, I'm so upset I couldn't go to Cali. So I was like, you know, I just really want my own space. And like going back home felt very weird. Like after being in college on my own and meeting these amazing mm. people and my friends that I love dearly, like that I've met at college. It was so hard to like be back at home where I wasn't who I was, mm-hmm. and You'd grown. I yeah I grown and I wasn't like who like I was like openly like you know gay at that time and now I identify as non-binary and gay mm-hmm. like it was really hard. So moved out, reached out to Carlton, reached out to him several times very professionally, <laughs> consistently. Hey, I'm you pretty gotta sure keep, you I know, kept like tapping. I was like I know I'm being annoying, but this is like I have to find a way to get to Cali. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I wasn't really hearing a response so I messaged Tahira Habibi who runs the Hue Society and mm-hmm. also was helping with the Roots Fund and she reached out to me and said Carlton and I are working something out for you on July 27th I remember the exact date he reached out to me and said hey where are you and I was like I'm in you know I'm in New York City trying to like figure things out he's like I have something for you I want to offer you a position at Dollar Valley Vineyards and I was like whoa like I had no idea what Dollar Valley was, so I I quickly did some research and this like it's this amazing property up in Oakville and mm-hmm. like on the mountainside of Napa. Been there since the 80s, and I was like, whoa, this is an amazing opportunity, and there's nothing really going on for me here. Mind you, I had just signed the lease to an apartment, but I was like, told my roommates, I, I felt something was going to happen. I was like, something is going to happen. I'm going to leave. Mm-hmm. So that really like you know after all of that, we decided where to live and stuff and I was like it's here I'm leaving and I had just gotten like my dog as well like my dog Java so you know figured everything out then I had an interview with Maya from Dalla Valle and Jesse the seller assistant and she you know we had a great conversation about everything and just what I was looking forward to and they were like we want you to be here on August 10th I got to Cali on August 5th I was like oh I'm giving myself a week to get everything together I found out who was going to take care of my dog because I really didn't want to bring him with me. At Mm -hmm. at that time, I didn't know how things were going to work out. And I really wanted to invest all my time into this. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is a new beginning. Yeah. Um, And one thing I forgot to mention was that at CIA, I did take a wines class. It was a three-week wine class. Um, and that really introduced me to the like the whole world of wine. Like, but it was very service guided, oriented. yeah, oriented, mm-hmm. very much like the CMS, um, the like the Court of Master Psalms mm-hmm. versus like W set. Mm-hmm. The CMS is very service oriented, so I didn't really get to see a lot of like the hands on side. So this internship really ex- like exposed me to everything that happens behind the scenes. And when I tell you these people took me in, like, I was, like, a lost family member. They really, like, they have never hired someone with no experience. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you know, this is new for us, too. But because of COVID, we're like, you know, let's just take a shot. Let's just hire someone with no experience. And I'm a very hardworking individual. I will just sit and do what I'm told. I will always ask the questions when I, you know, when it is the right time to ask questions. And I think that really helped me in this position. Like, and I loved going there every day. It was like a new day. I was super pumped. I learned so much. They were so patient with me and they were willing to answer all the questions I had. And Jesse and Maya and Naoko and the entire DV team were amazing. And I, they had two corgis, which ultimately made my day even better every day. Um, made it for your dog not being made here. Made it for my dog not being here. Um, and 
it was honestly like one of the greatest experiences I had in any workplace I, I could dream of. Like weekends off, Monday through Friday, <laughs> except for harvest. And which was cut a little short this year, no? Yeah, harvest was a little <laughs> short. I mean, I'm new to all this, so coming new to this harvest experience with fires, new to Cali, like you mentioned before, it was really, really eye-opening. Like I still don't know the words to put together for this. It was a lot to process. Yeah. Because Everybody around me was figuring it out day by day. Not only were we in a global pandemic, mm. but there were fires and they were already short staffed in many places. And it's like people were figuring things out, like coming with solutions out of like thin air. Um, Teamwork. Not even like where I worked, but I saw my other friends that were also in the industry and it was like, it was the people and like the teamwork and the hustle and everybody just coming together that really like made it made a huge impact in my experience and seeing how well people worked and because I always say like when you're uncomfortable that's when you grow the most because you have so to true. figure stuff out so you true. have to make it work and I've seen that in many of my other workplaces and seeing this here again like was just it was like I don't know what to say but dope like it really made my experience yeah. um, so the fires didn't turn you off you didn't the run, fires you didn't did not run turn back me to off. New York no <laughs> and even my mom was freaking out she was like oh my god what are you doing like come back I was like mom I can't just leave this position why are like, you what moving to this? the inferno <laughs> right and at that point I didn't tell her that I was officially moving and it didn't really click with me, you know, why I was officially, like, when I decided, you know, like, it's time for me to, like, move officially. Until a month in, I gave, like, not that I gave myself a month. Um, it took me a month to start meeting people. Mm-hmm. And everybody kept saying in the industry, like, we can't really socialize the same way. Like, the same opportunities for interns aren't, you know, are here anymore because of COVID. Everybody used to have, like, gatherings and parties where you go to do wine tasting. Then Mm -hmm. you meet people and other interns. But we still got to do a a little bit of socializing and go to all these, like, small dinner parties. Um, And that's where I began to meet, like, all these people that impacted my life here. Like, I met Darren, who was also another first recipient of the Roots Fund for the Rooted in Napa Scholarship. And then I met George uh, Walker. Walker. Yeah, like, he's working for Wade Sellers now. Like, it's amazing. And, like, all these people of color that have moved here. And then I met you, and I met Mariam. And then I met you through Mariam, like, at that pop-up. And it's, like, all these people, like, every weekend there was, like, a new thing. And I started meeting all these individuals that started molding and, like, digging my roots even deeper into Napa and then I met Iman through uh through Mariam as well and I well actually no I met Iman through my co-worker who went to tasting Amit Thiessen and Iman and I have a very special connection and because we came from the same place which I didn't know so my co-worker goes to this tasting and she's like oh you know and Iman was like sharing where she's from or whatever and she was like oh I'm from Queens my co-worker says oh we we have an intern that's also from Queens and she's like no way so then we connected through Instagram and then I was like no way like you're from Queens from Corona the same town I grew up in what are the odds and this is what I say what are the odds that we met in California in this industry and we're both striving for very similar things Mm -hmm. like you know we're both doing the damn work for people of color trying to get into the industry Mm -hmm. and trying to pave our paths as like first generations I'm just like yo what are the odds and like 
people like her. Magic like, moments. Yeah, another magical moment. And she was the one that coined that term to me when oh, we, we were at, when we were at a tasting at Mentias, and she was like, you know, you start experiencing all these magical moments, and it's like, you know, all these people, you and Miriam and George <laughs> and Darren, and then I started like, you know, interacting more and all these people and more people are moving to Napa and it's like I couldn't just leave after that that like whole experience I've had like I felt like my life had to stay here and then things started to happen where you know I had to stay like the Hughes Society just started their chapter I'm one of the founders that's um, amazing yeah, like I just. Of course, you'd already be solidifying. <laughs> I was your already here. trying to figure <laughs> stuff out in Napa, and then you introduced me to, to Ian, Ian Stanley, Stanley. Yep. for the and LGBTQI now the connection, LGBTQ and now connection. I'm about to be involved in that. Yes. And it's like the Roots Fund wants me to, like, you know, potentially be a mentor for other Harvest interns that come. So it's like, well, because you've been through it. Yeah, I've been through and it. That representation is important. This is why yes, we talk about representation yes. being important. This is why we talk about you know people investing, whether that be in pro. Programs and organizations, uh, businesses, oh whatever, God, yes. that are literally pioneering opportunities for yes. people like you. Like, you are about to do something incredible. Yeah, like, so after my experience at DV, I was like, what's gonna be my next big thing? And I really, and I got to know Megan Zoback. Incredible human. Oh, amazing human Cannot being. Cannot say enough amazing things um, about her. I geek out about regenerative <laughs> agriculture all the time. It's amazing. And she's just Food like, scientist. walking ball of life like oh my she god is. like every time I would, we're just like cheating each other on the sidelines she's so positive every time I see her and she's like a, a cheerleader of people oh like. my god yes like I just love her energy everywhere I see her and I remember when I ha when I was like you know halfway through my experience here I was like already thinking of like okay what am I gonna do next like what's gonna be my, what's gonna be my next position and I sat with her and I was like like this is where I'm at and being here for four months, I really did realize as well that there, everyone is kind of kept in boxes. Every, like, you're in the sales and marketing team, and you're only there. Mm -hmm. You are, you know, you work on the farm, and you're only there. And then, or you're a winemaker, and you're only in the cellar. And, you know, many people told me, like, well, you, you, you don't have any experience, so it's going to be really hard for you to find, like, a hybrid role, as Megan and I have coined it. A role where you can be under multiple hats or fields and kind of see in like multiple positions. And I got to understand that a little bit more because yeah, I don't have any experience, but that doesn't mean that there shouldn't be a space where you can still experience these multiple fields in your 100%, job position. 100%. Like you shouldn't have the sales and marketing team not knowing what's going on in the cellar. Mm -hmm. And these were conversations that kept coming up day in and day out in every wine tasting that I went to with a lot of winemakers. Um, and it started becoming like a thing that I just always thought of like I want a position where I can see multiple fields yes I understand that I need to still understand more about winemaking and f the farming aspect a lot mm -hmm. it is a lot to take in but I shouldn't be turned away when I want to you know see absorb more it absorb it all plus and we already know you you like to insert yourself everywhere yeah I've always <laughs> been like a hybrid in many places mm -hmm. so it was very hard for me to like you know not be a hybrid or pick one what do you mean pick, what do you mean like why can i just like learn a, f a little bit of everything and like be passionate for many things so eventually i sat with carlton um and you know he was really like, you know you are you know you're very talented and you are really good in the hospitality side like you're very like you're 
a people person, you have that personality, you need to focus on farming and winemaking. So I was like, okay, great. And then eventually I heard back from him through the Roots Fund. I was offered and I fully accepted a position under Burgess Sellers, who Megan Zoback is a winemaker. Yes, match um, made in heaven. Yes. And I will be working under her wing as her assistant with like agriculture and winemaking and a little bit in hospitality. Like it's gonna be a position that exactly like exactly what I wanted. And as someone with experience and as you know i'm 23 years old like this is really big for me right now rewind what are you how old 23 <laughs> i just want everyone to take in this entire laundry list of a story we just walked through to have you telling me that you're 23 years old. Do you know how incredible it is to have accomplished already so far and to be doing all of the amazing things that you are at 23? Uh, like I'm sitting here like, first of all, you don't carry yourself like a 23-year-old. No. There is a lot of 23-year-olds who are not at all focused on everything that you were saying you've been no. focused on. Oh, my gosh. Amazing. Amazing. Pat yourself on the back more. Hype yourself <laughs> up. And when yeah. you forget, come to me. I will be your hype woman. <laughs> you are an f- amazing <laughs> hype person. I was like, yo, I need her to like be my hype person. <laughs> no, like it's such a laundry list of things. And I know they're amazing things. I always seem to forget Um, like the amazing things I've been a part of and done and you know it's so hard it's so easy to forget you know the great things you've done with everything going on in the world Mm -hmm. I like I I can sit here and name all the things that's going on but we all know (laughs) we all know we all know we all see (laughs) Uh, and it's just like we watching we changing things yeah so it's like okay all this is going on but I still want to impact my community as Mm -hmm. much as I can Mm -hmm. and I I, like I said it before I don't give myself enough credit so I always try to put myself around people that do see the work I'm putting in Mm -hmm. and do care and like are genuine and you know acknowledge that because you know those are like sometimes when you don't like realize how much work you're putting you like you have people like you that I just tell you yo like you're doing a lot like give yourself some slack yes show yourself some grace some compassion uh, I have a lot of friends that I met in college back at home that saw have seen everything and they know like you are doing a lot take a step back and breathe and it's okay to do that Mm -hmm. like it's okay to always like you know it's okay to be tired for the things you love yeah and it's okay to slow it down and absorb and enjoy all of the like beautiful things that you've Mm -hmm. you know uh, watered and nurtured and now started growing for yourself yeah definitely and then like watch that little seed turn into like like a palm tree exactly yes (laughs) a grapevine yes (laughs) a grapevine with grapes exactly so you you now that you have uh officially and i hope that you recognize you know you being job offered that is like a stamp of approval of someone multiple people who not only see your potential but who have witnessed the incredible work that you displayed while you were here to say this is someone that we can't let go of that we want to stay here and what they recognize is the value you bring to the table and that Mm -hmm. is what they're investing in and I think that that is such a beautiful thing because I know you're only going to do incredible things uh, from here and I mean you've been doing incredible things I'm not going to be surprised (laughs) if that's the story that you keep writing for yourself how cool is it knowing like (laughs) 
the conversation right now is very much like place people of color in positions of power. Mm-hmm. And because when we see people in positions of power, 1,000%. we know and we see and we feel represented. Mm, you know, yes. I've said it before where it's almost like it's a silent affirmation that you deserve to exist in that space. Yes. That, that space is for you. Oh, it's just how I feel about all you guys. Seeing all you guys <laughs> in these positions. And I'm like, I know I can be there because everyone else that I've met is are in those positions. Yes, exactly. And you're about to be there. How incredible is it for you knowing just your story and where you've come from and being, you know, one of the first rooted in Napa scholarship recipients and now seeing yourself, you really are, are writing your your future right now. That's yeah. what you're doing. Yeah, I I want to wanna say I'm super blessed and very grateful for everyone who has helped me like through this journey. I think today, especially in what we've seen that's been going on in the world, it's extremely important like to give people of color, the BIPOC community, the LGBTQIA+, those opportunities. And I feel very blessed. Like I don't even know how to process it because not everybody has this same opportunity. You know, there's so much I have yet to learn. And I all I can say is I'm just blessed and grateful. And it's a lot to absorb in. And like you said, it is extremely important growing up for me to have seen people of color in those positions. Because growing up, like I... This is gonna get a little deep, but it's gonna be okay. I always knew that I was gay and I identified as something in the LGBTQIA spectrum. It was really hard for me to come out when I was growing up because I was in a very toxic masculine community, mm-hmm. the Latino community. We are not the best at handling these no, things. We, are not the best. <laughs> we have a lot of work to do. So it wasn't until I went to college and I was like clean slate. I didn't know anybody. You get to be whoever you want to say you are. Mm -hmm. And when I saw people that were of color or LGBTQIA in those positions that I aspired to be in, it gave me a push and emphasis. And I hope that me being where I am today and everything I've done in my story influences so many other people that are back in high school or still in college and know that because I'm here, they can do it. And Mm. if anyone needs any help, just please reach out. Like I am a very helpful person. And it's something I'm also working on with my high school is like showing these high school students that the beverage industry is an option, that not everything needs to be in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, and that there are there is room for everybody everywhere. There is a space for you everywhere. And there are people that are doing the work, like Hugh Society, Roots Fund, all of you guys that I have met here. Like we are all making spaces of black wine professionals. Like everyone mm-hmm. is here paving ways for more people, giving people access and creating that diversity and actually meaning it not just throwing it on some PR yes or saying and you're gonna do like it just like George said in his episode like just doing that foo-foo stuff like <laughs> I'm sick and tired of it I really want people to make the change and mean it creating and I a think, diversity committee that has like no diverse people on it exactly like what <laughs> like, is we're that we're gonna address diversity but we're not gonna have a single diverse person on this how are you going to come in with that diverse mindset then? Exactly. How are, how are you, you going to know what's in uh, someone who is a black, indigenous, change? Latinx, what's in their best interest? Exactly. You don't have anyone in there. Like, you don't know what's in our best interest because you don't have any of us on your board. So seeing all of that and just growing up and knowing that, you know, I today I identify as non-binary and gay, like, it really made a huge impact. It made me think a lot about, okay, can I really make it? But then... When I got here and seeing all these people in these roles, it really made a huge impact. 
on how I just navigated myself day by day. And it made me feel much more confident because I was like, I know I can do it. I know I can make it. I know I deserve the same opportunities. And in a society where it's catered mostly to the white folks, you know, we have to work harder. And mm -hmm. it sucks and it shouldn't have to be that way. But we're doing the damn thing and we're mm -hmm. making it. And we are the change right now that's going to make it so much easier for the generations to come. And Absolutely. that's honestly how I live my day by day. Like knowing that even if what I'm doing today is not making an impact on you know someone right away it will in a few years or a decade and the work that we're doing now is going is going to show up like, 100 it's not history, for nothing yeah like this entire 2020 and the beginning of this year is already going down in history oh yeah but i is. hope we are definitely a part of that history i know we are like you can't go through 2020 and not acknowledge everything that has happened especially mm -hmm. in the wine industry absolutely absolutely and you're going to be doing some incredible things in the wine industry and i love that you mentioned how important it is for you to see that representation both from you know black indigenous latinx people in the lgbtq Everyone. community because you know you get that representation but it also lets you know like it's okay to be myself Yes. I don't have to try to be something that I'm not or to think that in order for me to quote unquote make it, I have to fit in this square box. Yes, like you, I get to mm -hmm. be me. You brought up my my other train of thought I thought I lost. <laughs> Going through like college, like it was really hard sometimes because every job I had was like, you can't have colored hair or you can't wear this certain jewelry. Mm. And I get the jewelry for certain things. You know, there's safety, of course, and it falling into food. But like just for front of house positions, like your hair can't be colored you can't have any like excessive jewelry or jewelry at all and you have to be this way why do I have to cater my personality and limit myself and the potential I have to cater a certain demographic of people which are mostly white people like it's just I'm mm -hmm. over it like that's why like today like I am very blessed to have been in the like with when I worked in my interpretation for Dalla Valley like I was able to color my hair like I've never had the opportunity to do that in many other like professional jobs and like you know and it's also the way that you carry yourself like yeah, yeah I have tattoos yeah I have piercings yeah I have colored hair but I'm doing the work and I'm a very professional person and, and it has nothing to do with my work ethic it has nothing to do with my work ethic my work ethic is on point like you know <laughs> I'm 23 years old I'm 23 years old and I'm doing the work and look at everything I've done and I'm still working on and I don't think that these things should inhibit anyone 100%. from these opportunities 100%. so I do give shout outs to many people out there who are pr providing opportunities to people like us you know to people of color LGBTQIA and the BIPOC community and all indigenous like we need it we mm -hmm. definitely need it and I'm sick and tired of people telling us what to do what to wear how to carry our lives like I'm over it <laughs> well my friend I know that with you behind the wheel we are gonna be a-okay I'm so excited yes. for the future I'm so excited to see the incredible uh, things I'm that so come from Burgess to knowing be. that it's team you and Megan like what <laughs> I am so dope and I'm really really excited and I want to say this here because I know a lot of people are going to be listening as well and I always mean it I am super super blessed to be around and grateful to be around many people like everyone who I've encountered in these past few months like you guys have all inspired me in a very genuine way and with every aspect of my life like and I just want everyone to know that you, Iman, George, Darren, Carlton, Tahir, Ikimi, the Roots Fund, all these people, like you all play a huge have played a huge effect in my life. Maya, Jesse, like everyone. It's just a list of people and everyone knows who I've come in contact with. Like just know everyone plays a huge impact 
in my soul, in my heart, and how I carry myself. <laughs> I love it. I love you. I'm so excited for what the future holds. Thank and you for it this. Is gonna oh be, my God. No, no, no. Me. I'm just excited to have you here and to uh, know someone as beautiful as you. And this is literally why, you know, these programs, these organizations are so important because I literally wouldn't have gotten to know you had had you not been one of these scholarship recipients, had Carlton, yeah. you know, had you not reached out to Carlton and him decided to, you know, game plan and give you an opportunity to fly you out here because they recognize and see people of color as an investment and in needing to further that diversity in the wine industry. So um, I'm grateful for the people doing the work. I'm so stoked to know you, my friend. I'm so stoked that you're here, that you're solidifying your roots. And I can't wait to, to see you keep doing the damn thing. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you <laughs> How do so people stay in touch much. with you? Um, all right. So you can follow me on Instagram. My handle is underscore D-A-R-A-C-O Daraco. All right. Perfect. <laughs> there he goes. I love it. Well, cheers. Salud. Cheers. Muchas gracias. Yes. All right, y'all. That is the big sip, spilling some of that heavy hitter knowledge here with Darwin Acosta. Keep it locked in and tune in next week. Big sip.